Good day, everybody. This is James, and we are super excited that you decided to uh, tune in and listen to our Prevo podcast. Uh, so I'm James, and around me we have... I'm Richard. I'm Kathy. And I'm Larry. We are super excited you guys are here. Uh, today we are deciding to move on to the next principle, and it is a really good one. Larry, you want to share it with us? Sure. Our faith principles uh, are precept upon precept, like building blocks in a foundation. So let's review quickly the first three where we are, and then we'll look at our final and fourth principle. And all of these apply. They're, they're a blended mix, so it would seem like they could stand alone all by themselves, but they're stronger when they're built uh, like the foundation stones. So our first principle was that faith is dependent on... Revelation. Revelation. Yeah, so mm -hmm. coming to know things I haven't known before. My faith will come to life when that happens. And then the second principle is my revelations require... Action. action. So it merits my response. When I come to know something, I need to be doing something about what I've come to know. And then our third principle concerns those actions. When I take an action, it will always create relationships. 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 So I'm either getting into a deeper relationship with the Word of God or with the people of God, uh, other people in ministry, however your faith is making application there. Those relationships are going to be created because I'm doing things I've never done before. I'm going to get to be in relationship with things and people that I've never experienced before. And then that brings us to the fourth principle. My relationships are determined by receptivity. And by that I mean an openness to hear from, to experience, to embrace, mm -hmm. uh, to, to come into a deeper relationship because of my openness or my receptivity. I think that one is really cool and seeing it through the lens of relationship see when you first mentioned it and then we we kind of dialogued about it the first thing that popped in my mind was oh wow I could see this almost being circular because now I'm open which means I'm going to what eventually come to know something that I haven't known before yeah, which exactly. starts the process all over again you captured the idea of it all right there and what's really the thing though about viewing it through the lens of relationship, I'm almost landing on the idea of an invitation. What are we, what are we inviting? Mm -hmm. What are we open to with regard to these, these actions we've taken and now we've built this relationship with a person. And so are you choosing to foster that relationship and, and invite or, or be open to that? I think that that for me is, is super important, especially considering that I'm the personality type that wants everybody to be there and all be a part of what the whole group <laughs> is doing. Like, I'm a hospitality guy. Yeah. You're, you're an Enneagram 7. What's that? It's that you just want everyone to, like, you want your friends to know your friends to know mm -hmm. your friends kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I so really, that's fun. I'm the life of the party. Yeah, yeah, you're fun. But it, but everybody's at that party. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's left out at all. I love that. Yeah, yeah. But Super cool. Yeah, like I'm an eight, so I'm always contradicting. Do we get along, me no, and you? We don't we get don't. along. You're always fun, and I'm always like, well, whatever. 
So, yeah, that's fun. I, I, knowing that now, I see that between us. But thankfully, I fostered our relationship. Oh. <laughs> so that. <laughs> and I'm receptive to you fostering our relationship. I was open. Yeah. I, I, I think about the idea that having to be receptive to what the relationship offers or, or just be receptive to the, the new revelation coming out of the relation, relationship. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. Hey, let this hit your brain for a second. Yeah, go you ahead. know, the thought there is if, if this openness is connected to the relationships, that would then imply that as you are growing in your revelation, this next one will involve the person who's received the action that you just partook, you know, that you just did. All of a sudden, it's now, it's, it's a communal experience. It's something that, you know, is a team effort. And I'm not saying that it's reliant on that. I'm sure there's going to be lots of things that the Lord will share to you, you know, privately or something that's special it comes out of your time with the Father. But the implication here then is that if we continue with this precept idea is that the next one, the one that comes after the relationship should involve, you know, the two of you. Or maybe not, not, not just the two, but those that are part of that relationship. I think that's really cool because it's now, they've been equipped with this process as well. Well, and, and they may not be involved, but without, without that relationship, mm. I, th- I think, you know, as my relationship grows with, with you guys, you know, I'm more receptive to what the Lord has to say. You know, the more we discuss how the Lord's speaking to you or how the mm. Lord's speaking to me, I feel like our faith grows a little bit more. And I understand my receptivity grows to being open to revelation. Yeah. Um, that makes me, oh, go ahead. No, and so that, to me, you know, that's the importance of being around other believers mm-hmm. and, and having that relationship. Right on. That is a good thought, too. That makes me think of uh, the, sometimes I, I have friends that that are Christian and they love Jesus, but they are not part of a body of believers, yeah. you know, that, that meet regularly. And that, to me, is is odd sometimes because I could see that making you feel so alone. And then also the lack of resources, because you only have resources of a person compared to what is available and doable or what is capable of a group of people working together, you know, for whatever goal or, you know, just being that. I think seeing this principle... I think I think back to the the friends of mine who are asking, well, what happens when I don't get a revelation? Mm-hmm. It, I think now, like, well, yeah, it, some of them just don't go to church. Some of them are around other believers. Mm-hmm. So, so are they open to it? They don't have any relationship with other believers. We're probably getting this so backwards on what you're tra- what the point of this. <laughs> yeah, are we? Are, but I'm just like, telling you where I my mind's at. Like, like now they're. I mean, yeah, they're not. The receptivity to revelations not there because yeah. they don't have any growing relationships with other believers yeah. who are stretching them. I mean, we were talking before we started about how, you know, you're you're always every time I've been in this room for the last eighteen months, I've learned something and and we were talking about communion before this. Our relationship has grown without that. You know, I don't know that my receptivity would be there to 
to right. that. And, and maybe that's the growing, and then that leads to growing cynicism, mm-hmm. which I think is, I think will be the death now of Christianity. Well, I think that, I, I don't think you guys are off. I think you are thinking, um, being inclusive of this thought and understanding of receptivity and how that relates to relationships. And I think that's definitely shows up in James's personality because you do want everybody to have access to what the Lord has shared with you and the excitement that you have about your faith. But what I love about this particular principle is that it really is the one that brings us right back to the beginning. So it's number four that really connects us back to number one and grows the process or grows faith within us. So when I look at this, my, my faith is dependent upon revelation and we've learned that we're all given a measure of faith. Um, some of us, due to our experiences and our exposure and our receptivity and our previous revelations, perhaps may have um, a greater faith than someone who hasn't had all of those opportunities. But we have this measure of faith and the Lord gives us a revelation and from that revelation we take action because there's an excitement and there's something that we we desire from that and out of that action there's a relationship that's built and one it can be with someone else from that action but it's also a relationship that we're building with the lord at that moment when we take that action because we're we're then confirming that what he shared with us and the revelation that we've received we're willing to take action on and when we do then through that um, relationship with him, that action and the relationship with him that's growing, we are showing our receptivity to wanting to know more. And that receptivity has now grown my faith that I'm now looking again for more revelation, Mm -hmm. desiring it, trusting him for it. And so my faith has grown. I receive more revelation. It's this never ending process for us as long as we are receptive and willing to um, allow him to take those steps and be a part of our life in that way. So for me, it's that. And yes, there are people outside that are absolutely going to be affected. Mm-hmm. Um, our relationships horizontally are going to be greatly affected and are going to benefit from that as our relationship vertically with him is growing us in all of these ways. Well, that is blowing my mind right now because that is the first time I have thought of it with that regard. I had only thought that those relationships were exterior other people. In my head, I kept imagining it like, oh yeah, faith, I got that. That's like healing stuff, right? So I can go pray for that guy. And then out of that comes a relationship. And that's, y'all, that was the only way I thought of it <laughs> until now. But that's the overflow, right? We talk about the overflow right, here at the right. center. We talk about that with our divine enablements. We talk about that in our ministry. It comes out of the overflow. This is the ultimate of overflow mm-hmm. as our faith and our revelation and our actions um, allow us to be receptive to all that God has for us. Then it becomes affecting of everyone. It affects everyone in my life every relationship that I'm in. Some of the illustrations that we'll look at this Sunday begin with Abraham in Hebrews chapter 11. A terrific and easy to understand example of this principle. You know, it was God who called Abraham out of his city. You remember? Well, the question is, is he going to be receptive to that? Is he going to actually be obedient to that? And of course, Hebrews 11 tells us that he ultimately was. 
it wasn't an overnight experience, decision. He was first partially obedient uh, before he became fully obedient. Huh. And his receptivity determined that relationship. He was not called the father of many nations when he began. He was Abram. He was only partway there before he became Abraham. And so our receptivity is the word that connects the, the principle there of relationship is determined. My, my relationships are determined by my receptivity. So in a true sense, it's my filter. And if I set my filter fine, uh, where even the things of God can't get through, my relationship with him is going to falter or will never rise above perhaps a salvation experience or, or perhaps uh, some healing, miraculous experience that I've had. And then I, I don't allow or receive or, or I'm not open to any larger, bigger, challenging, even areas of obedience and chastening and seasons where I'm having to rethink things uh, concerning my faith. If I'm not open to any of that, then I've just sealed my relationship at whatever level I've turned that knob off, and I'll never grow beyond it. The interesting thing is that God can outlive us. The Holy Spirit outlives us, and it's up to us. If I can reopen those channels of receptivity, I, I can do like uh, David, King David in the Psalms. He said, uh, search my heart, O God. What was he saying? I've taken off the filter. I, I understand the principle that my relationship with you is never going to grow beyond what I'm able to receive and perceive is from you, and that nothing's going to happen in my life, no matter how difficult or hard, that isn't uh, somehow in your planned purpose to change me. So I can embrace a king who wants to kill me, later in his life, a son who wants to overthrow me. I can embrace all of those things because I'm open, I'm receptive to the fact that these things can develop my relationship with you. They can make me more dependent upon you and less dependent upon my abilities, my, uh, the things that I can handle on my own or in my own power uh, or strength. So the determiner, the filter, the question is, what are you shutting out as God's access to your heart? What are the things that you've posted up a no trespassing sign to the Holy Spirit and say, no, no, we're not going to go there. I'm not receptive to that. I'm not open to that. Uh, what, what are those issues? What are, what are the relationships that have never developed with the Word of God or with the people of God or the ministry of God because you've predetermined a filter of uh, a narrow or closed or pre-existing relationship with God from which you cannot go any further until your receptivity is open. Answer some of those questions, and I have a series of deeper ones for us. Oh, man. <laughs> well, okay. the tables are going to be either really good or really silent come Sunday. <laughs> oh, man. I, I think about... We were talking earlier before we started recording about memories from our wives' perspectives and then our perspectives. And, you know, I think about the times that I probably wasn't the best boyfriend or husband to Susan um, and how I didn't want to talk about those times. 
you know, I'd, I'd kind of gloss over them in our discussions. And as, you know, I mean, we're, we've been together since 99 now, and, you know, we've had those discussions, and it's, it's made our relationship so much stronger because we're both willing, willing to discuss it, and I was willing to see her perspective of where she was coming from, and and I think that's a really good, uh, to me, uh, that's what I was thinking about when you were talking about that was, am I willing to allow Jesus and the Holy Spirit to give their perspective on those times that I, ha- I do have a no trespassing sign? Mm-hmm. Um, it was, you know, it was hard post those discussions for Susan and I, but our our relationship got stronger, you know, and because there might have been certain situations, there might have been, there were hurt feelings on both sides. Well, I mean, you know, there's no hurt feelings on Jesus' side, so if we can get over ourselves, then, Mm -hmm. you know, he's already done everything. We just have to get over ourselves. And I think that's, I think that's hard. That's hard to do in a relationship. And it, it does close off the, the receptivity to that yeah i guess that that question that you're bringing up is am i receptive or open to actually being wrong Mm -hmm. wow you know am i able to have enough relationship trust in god to allow him to sift through my business and point out areas in my life that are not consistent in any relationship with him or with a, another person, another individual, or, or with the Word of God, am, am I actually at the relational level that I can say, you know, I was wrong about that, yeah. and allow that relationship to take me to a deeper place with the Lord or with the person with, with whom I'm engaged there? That, to me... I just can't imagine how that would be a cha- like I don't know I don't I don't mean to sound overconfident or anything but like I would think that if you did make a mistake with anyone in in your life that that one would be the easiest one to grapple with because he's so forgiving you know I just think of all the times that I've screwed up or sinned or did something that that wasn't wasn't in line with with what he wanted and and being able to go back and be like, you know what, man, I, I'm sorry. And then just pick up from there. That's never been a challenge for me, especially in the context of who he is, because, yeah. you know, his, he's always forgiving and always grace, gracious. But, but even think of the story that Jesus told. <clears throat> the man who was brought in because he owed a great debt. Yeah. He was forgiven of the debt. And what did he do? He went right out to a man who owed a little small amount of money to him and demanded payment yeah. and threw him in prison because he couldn't pay. Right. So it, it is the possibility of my receptivity to receive forgiveness and not give forgiveness. Right. Wow. I think it's hard for us, too, because we weren't, it's, I don't think it's the natural inclination to even give forgiveness Really? I don't think it is. Hmm. I, I just I just don't. I, I think about just, I mean, just think about the, the story of Adam and Eve, you know? It was the woman. 
It was a woman. That oh, was you a gave me. That yeah. you gave me. <laughs> it, it was a woman. Oh, no, it was a snake. Like, hmm. there was, instead of Adam saying, yeah, and, and, and there being forgiveness there, I, it's just not, I don't think it's our natural human inclination to give forgiveness, which to me is the greatness of Jesus being man. Because he did. And he did. Like, right. it was That's his so natural inclination. And if, if we understand that, I, I mean, if we have that idea that it wasn't, it's not in our natural inclination to give forgiveness, then it really takes the idea of those instances we read about in Jesus' everyday life where mm-hmm. he did show forgiveness. It takes it to a whole new level. Right. All the way up to 11. Yeah, look how Turn he taught us. Turn it up to 11, baby. Yeah, <laughs> look how he taught us the principle of receptivity when he taught us to pray, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive others who trespass Yeah. He's connecting receptivity. If you're going to be open to have forgiveness in your life, then you have to be open to to releasing unforgiveness. Yeah. Because the two are connected. So it's a dynamic principle that my relationships on every level mm-hmm. are determined by how open and receptive I am. You know. So yeah. Try the reins of my heart. See if there be any wicked way in me. You know, bring Bring clarity of understanding that uh, I can't save myself. And the Bible teaches us that whom the Lord, the Lord loves, he chastens. And we Christians, we often think, oh, I'm being punished. I must be sinning. No, the chastening of the Lord is my receptivity being taken to a new level where I can say, you know, Father, you, you are right. Thank you for bringing me into a deeper understanding and relationship. Right. I think another filter that we have is just man trying to justify sinful behaviors. Mm-hmm. I think that that is certainly a driving force behind, okay, well, you can, you can occupy this space of my heart, but that over there, that's, that's, that's not allowed. Yeah. And. Um, and the Bible asks this question about that. It says, a man can justify all that he does, but is the Lord convinced? <laughs> you know, we can convince ourselves. Right. What, what have we done? We've closed down a receptivity. Mm-hmm. We've made justifications of our own you know, that satisfy our own heart. But have we actually convinced the Lord? No, because he's the truth and he doesn't change. Right. So our life can't be uh, somehow determined by what we can pacify or justify or get away with uh, in our own heart, but it has to be held to the standard of the, the truth. And if I'm really actually open to that, suddenly I can receive revelation from things that have always been hidden. Mm-hmm. But because I'm now open with, with a new receptivity, I can take an action that I've never taken before because of what I've come to know. And out of that, I become in relationship with people and truth and the Word of God and God Himself in ways I've never known before Mm -hmm. because I've pried the lid off of the things that I've kept closed and allowed Him to fill me to the full measures, the way it talks about in faith, that we're filled to the measure of the fullness of uh, the Lord God. And so um, that's the principal connection. I, I was thinking in there that I think sometimes people choose um, or don't choose receptivity or don't want to go there um, because they don't have 
the relationship that you have, James, with the Lord. So even when you were talking about him a few minutes ago, there was this um, clarity to me that listening to you talk, it was that this God that you love is good. So why wouldn't I go to him? Right. I can trust him. So why wouldn't I go to him? Mm-hmm. Um, he, he is the one in my life that I should most easily go to because he's faithful and he's good and he's trustworthy and his mercies are new every morning. And so I can go to him when I mess up. But that's not how everybody sees God. Mm-hmm. And that's not their experiences. And so it's important that, um, you know, our goal and when we're praying for people and um, working with people and relationships with people um, is that we're showing them and sharing with them the good news about uh, this God that we serve and that he is good and trustworthy and mm-hmm. faithful because if they don't see that, then it's harder for them to be receptive. It's yeah. harder for them to open their hearts and then they will always be limited in their the growth of their faith and the revelation that they receive. Um, so it's important for those of us who do see him that way to make sure that that's how we express him and his love and and who he is. Yeah. But you know, one of the things that has kept coming up in my head as we're going through this conversation is what that motivation might be that's inciting that that response, like this, well, I don't know about that, or whoa, whoa, man, hands off, Mm -hmm. or this innate nature to not show forgiveness. And I think that that may be stemming from fear, you know, you're like, well, I don't want to be made a fool of, or I don't want to, I don't, I don't know that I can put my stock in that because what if I'm let down or you're afraid of that, or I don't want, I don't know that I want to forgive this person. Maybe I was just trying to like, reckon, you know, like understand what that nature could be motivated by. And so I could totally see that happening where someone's offended you or done something and, you know, you, you're reluctant to dole out this forgiveness because well what if they do it again you know I don't I don't know that they need to learn their lesson or or whatever this this motivation of I don't want to be made a fool of or I don't want to be let down and I think that it would be very interesting if at all possible as we tie up faith in this teaching that we're doing it would be very nice to brush by some of the 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 elements that I think fear sort of has in in who we are because it's a it's an instinct it's a thing that that we are very driven by at times and that's not necessarily the right way to be you know right. so and it's possible for us to I think put that under the microscope and get a clear vision of it especially when you consider that our actions are motivated by what we believe. And so it would, and I think it would be helpful to individuals around us if we were able to pinpoint why certain behaviors are, are showing up in this person's life and then be able to help them with this, this is all centered around the idea of fear. You can't trust that the whole Bible is accurate because you're afraid that you are going to put your faith or stock in something and it's going to come out to not be right and you're going to suffer somehow because of it right. or yeah, but wouldn't you say that's then pride too? Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, so it's, you know, is it pride? Is it fear? Is it, you know, the experiences that they've had? Is it the fact that they've 
never had um, a good, good father? Is it, you know, there, I think there are so many uh, possibilities. I think they do root themselves, though, ultimately in some kind of fear. Yeah, there's, there's a reservation. To open themselves to, you know, being receptive to what the Lord has. Well, remember that fear is the polar opposite of faith. So like, like the magnetic force, there's a positive and a negative. What fear does for me, and it is an emotion, it's, it's something that I, can, I have a sensation of, it can repel the things of faith away from me. So even as I'm trying to grab a hold of a revelation, when I'm operating in fear, I'm actually pushing those things further and further away from me even though I'm pursuing them because I'm approaching them not in faith but in fear, mm -hmm. which is why the Bible teaches the polar opposite of fear is faith. And so uh, without faith, it's impossible to please God, meaning with faith, I am pleasing to God and can become the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus by faith. So in that process, I'm drawing the things of God to me. So when I'm operating in faith, I'm actually attracting the things of God. And if we think of it in light of these principles, then when I'm open to the things of truth becoming revelation in me so that I can take action and come to be in relationship, then that receptivity is drawing by faith, drawing those things uh, to me. So I guess it's time for us to wrap up our mm -hmm. session yeah. here. Let's do so as we prepare for Sunday by coming to our table talk time. Uh, to really give this principle a chance to take root in our heart. Some of the thoughts of questions would be, what am I receptive to? What are the things that I've been closed-minded about concerning the Bible, the Scripture, the Word of Truth? What are areas in my life that fear has somehow pushed the things I've been hoping for away from me rather than faith drawing it to me? What are the things that God would do if you could just take the lid off? Is it possible that the very thing you've been praying for and hoping for is within reach, but because you've filtered it away from you by not being receptive to the way God would deliver it to you or how he wants to bring it into the reality of your world, uh, because you've been closed to that avenue or access, you've actually prevented the very thing you've been praying for from happening. Those are some real, not easily answered questions that we want to delve into this Sunday.